given so that I can, um, uh, I, I want, uh, there's no better job than the one I have. And that is to search the Bible. That's my job, to to look into the Bible and to present truths and break it down. God called me for that. And uh, it's very lonely. At times you spend a lot of time by yourself. And uh, uh, sometimes it's, you're not understood because you're not the average pastor. When I say average pastor, you know what pastor does. A lot of, you know, I don't go out a lot or visitation homes a lot. I don't even know where some of you live. You understand that? But I have a home right here. You come and I explain the Bible because that's my job. And it's too late in the day. So if you could understand that everybody has a different calling. Mine, I, I have been out there, but now it's to study. And when I, when I uh, sit in my seat and I see people get up like this morning, Sister Joni, and I could call on everybody here. You would have had a testimony. But scriptures that we use here and hard scriptures and for her to and different ones to get in and listen to the scriptures and stay when you get on your feet. You know, you're not going some dreams or what something you heard, but stay right in the word and refresh us because that scripture that she quote from Jeremiah uh, just um, it inspires me, inspired too the boundaries that the sea has and uh, their boundaries in your life. There's there's things that are boundaries that cannot touch you, disease. You come so far and God says no more. Why? Because there are boundaries. I am the Lord that healeth thee and God will deliver you. And God will make a blessing. So you think that the devil is in charge, but he's not in charge. God is the one that is in charge. And there are other boundaries uh, that God has for us, and I, I, I'm just inspired to um, to preach that. Not now, but to preach it again <laughs> some other times, because that is a message that need to get out out. Because what a, when you realize that you're not in the world by chance, and the devil cannot touch you. Somebody say, No, he can't. No. The devil cannot touch you. See? Unbelief is what kills you. Unbelief. No faith. See? If you can take God at his word, then you'll find what God will do for you. But when you doubt, <clears throat> okay? The, the Lord says, if you can believe, okay? Uh, he says that uh, you will receive. That's what faith is. God said it, and I believe it. I don't question it. I don't have, well, let me see what he will do. And when he does it, I believe it. That's not faith. That's a doubt. God said it. And all the storms rages around you. The billows, the sea, the raging of and roaring of the waves. But yet, I shall not be moved because you're standing on a rock. See, and that rock is Jesus Christ. If you understand that your faith is built upon Christ. Uh, there's a song, on Christ the solid rock I stand. All of the ground is sinking sand. So your faith uh, must be placed in Christ. See, and that boundary, okay, that boundary is Christ. 
and uh, the devil cannot get by you. See, in the name of Jesus, what a powerful name. We used to sing that song. What a powerful name. What a wonderful name. That name, can you imagine? Uh, uh, it's better than a credit card. You know, you take it out because your credit card can be declined. And it can bounce. And you might not have enough in it. But not so for the blood. You take out the blood at all season. That blood of Jesus Christ. And it cleanses us from all our sins. What a wonderful Savior. The plan that God has for us. And how we, um, how we gave what God gave. His only begotten son. Think of it. If you have an only begotten son. And you might not want to give him. To die for your enemies. For those, those that doesn't like you. Okay. Because you didn't, come to, you didn't come to Jesus loving Jesus. We were out there. We didn't love God. We didn't want God. When I accepted Christ as my Savior. I wasn't looking for God. I didn't want to. See, to, to that night. I want to do something else. I want to go to the movies. And I was invited to go to church. And I wanted to go to the movies. But I just went to please the one that invited me. And then God changed that while I was there. See how God worked? But I didn't want to go. See, so uh, God is a wonderful God. And God will move and bless you. And think of what, what God does for you. How he sent his only begotten son. Didn't he? Into the world. In the, uh, there's so many scriptures. But in the book of Acts. The, um, I think it's the second chapter of the book of Acts. Simon Peter was preaching that wonderful message. And you all know it on the day of Pentecost. Um, uh, Acts chapter uh, 2. Uh, if you go there. Acts chapter 2. Let me see. Where I, I need to go. But you remember on the day of Pentecost? When, uh, when the day of Pentecost was fully come. Look at that. In uh, verse 1 uh, going down. When uh, suddenly. Verse uh, 1 and 2 is it? The day of Pentecost uh, came. It said they were with all. It said they were all with one accord. Look at that. In one place. They were having church. One accord. They sat there, and then uh, just like uh, the day before, they were there for what is 40 days, uh, 40 days waiting. And suddenly, see that word? How, how God is going to do something for you suddenly? And suddenly you're healed. You've been suffering for years. You've been down and have a disease, a, 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 a problem in your body, and you suffer. Okay? And you've been seeking God. Don't give up. Don't give up. See, the Holy Ghost didn't come right away, but they, they fellowship in the upper room. And suddenly, see, what if they had given up at the 39th day? See, sometimes uh, we just give up the day before the miracle happened. You give up before the day your blessing comes. You've been waiting and you've been seeking God, but then you give up. You get tired and you throw your hands up. You've been running the race. You've been serving God. You've been going to church, but something come in your way. It looks like, why doesn't God uh, send his son Jesus back? I've been hearing it from I was a boy. From I was a boy, a girl. And so you get dis uh, discouraged and weary and the devil wear you out. See, uh, but if you hold on, maybe the next day, your miracle would be there. Do you get that? 
Maybe the next day your blessing would be there. Maybe the next day your hands would be up. Praising the Lord. And you would have the joy. You've been looking for the joy. And you look like you don't have the joy. But you, you, you stop too soon. But it goes on and he says. And suddenly. See that word there? Verse 2. Hmm? Everybody read that. And suddenly. There came a sound from where? From heaven. There came a sound from heaven. That's what you have to wait for. A miracle. See, but but uh, if, if you could understand that God doesn't work uh, at our timing. God has a timing. He's never early and he's never late. But if you go back and check your life, he might not come when you want him to come. But he's always there. And he's going to help you. See, and suddenly... See something happen. You like that son? A change come in your life. <clears throat> You've been going down the wrong road. You've been uh, making mistake. And uh, you, you've lost so many times. And the devil has robbed us. And stolen from us. And it looked like. my my uh, There's no hope for me. It looked like you'll never be in the kingdom of God. It looked like you'll never. Have a place. Or it will never be made right with God. And uh, you said then. Uh, you said, but let me let me keep on praying. Hmm? Uh, let me let me keep on uh, worshiping God. Uh, let me keep on bowing down my knees to the Lord. Look like nothing is happening in my life. Do you know that there's a sudden experience coming to you? Suddenly, the Bible said, yeah, there came a sound. Notice there, you see that? There came a voice, a sound. Something is going to speak to your spirit. It's going to speak to your heart. See, there came a sound from heaven. Where? From heaven. Not from the world. Where, where do you look? Where are you listening for your, 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 uh, your sound to come from? Where, where is it coming from? In heaven. See, it's coming from the right hand of God. Where the throne of God is. That's where Jesus Christ is making intercession for you in heaven. Where is your healing coming from? From heaven. Where, where is that baptism of the Holy Ghost and your deliverance coming from? From heaven. So you've got to look for that sound. You've got to be in tune with, uh, with heaven. Set your affection on heavenly things. Not on things on the earth. See, but you have to move your affection. And see Jesus. See, and suddenly. I like this. There's a change in your life. Suddenly there's a change in your family. Suddenly there's a change on your job. Suddenly. Do you understand that? That person that didn't care about you and fought you, suddenly they feel better uh, towards you. You know what? Because there's a change in your life. Because God is doing something uh, differently in your life. But you have to trust him. Suddenly there came from heaven a sound of a mighty rushing wind. That was the day of Pentecost. Before It has never happened before. They never had a Pentecost before. Uh, they celebrated the feast of Pentecost. But there's never come. The baptism of the Holy Ghost. Uh, but suddenly look what happened. This was God changing uh, the world. Because when the Holy Ghost came. When the Holy Ghost came at Pentecost. Do you know what happened? Remember now the blood was shed. The, the cross had already taken place. So there was the blood. But did you know that the blood, uh, the blood was shed. But uh, the Holy Ghost had to come to take the blood. To apply it to your life. Amen. The Holy Ghost is the one that applies it to your life. Like um, 
under the uh, in, in the days of uh, Moses when they were coming out of Egypt. If you all remember now that when they were coming out, they had to kill a lamb. Oh, they did kill a lamb. And what happened to the blood? See, what happened? What did they do with the blood? The doorpost. But how did the blood get up there? How did the blood get on the doorpost? Huh? They had to take a broom, a besom broom, and dip that besom broom in the blood and darbed it over. Did you know the Holy Ghost is that besom broom? Huh? Did you know the Holy Ghost is that broom that you dip in the blood of Jesus Christ and apply it? That's why when the Holy Ghost come down and apply that blood, you feel freedom and deliverance and you have the victory in your life. See, that's what God sent the Holy Ghost. See, so there they were. The blood was already shed. But now they were waiting for something for that blood to be applied. So Jesus said, you tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from an eye. See, they, they, they couldn't go for it uh, with the power unless that uh, Holy Ghost had come and apply the power of God. And when the Holy Ghost applied the blood of Jesus Christ, what happened? There was a birth. Amen. There was a new creation. And the church was born on the day of Pentecost. That's when God began a new creation. Suddenly, see, suddenly there was a sound from heaven. God's voice came again. And that there was a sound. Remember? And Adam ran away from that sound in the garden when he sinned. Adam, where art thou? I heard your voice. He heard the sound, but he could not endure it. He ran away and hid himself because he was naked. But now, on the day of Pentecost, God was bringing a clothing. Amen. God was bringing a garment. God was bringing a garment of righteousness. That's the righteousness of Jesus Christ that God was bringing himself. And God was beginning to clothe us because we were naked. Amen. We were helpless. We were wounded. But God now sent the Holy Ghost and he darbed the blood. Uh, that besom broom and God just daubed the blood all over us. And he said, when I see the blood, amen, though your sins be as scarlet, when I see the blood, though you might be ridden by disease and sickness, but when I see the blood, though you might be in darkness and rebellion, but God's not looking on that. What God's looking on is the blood of Jesus Christ applied to your life. When I see the blood, what happened? What am I going to do? God said, I will pass over you. That judgment, second death, uh, the power of darkness cannot touch you. When I see the blood, that's what God is looking for today. If God can see the blood of Jesus Christ that cleanses all sin in your life, you're going to be saved. We are saved now. We are saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. See, and when that sound came uh, from heaven, uh, like a mighty, look at that. Like a mighty what? Rushing wind. Why God? God came down. A mighty rushing wind. And what did he do? He what did he do? He blew away all the all all of the all of the garments that we were wearing. The ideas, the thoughts. God wanted to blow it out of your mind. That the Holy Ghost come down and he blow away all the ignorance and all of that uh, uh, darkness that's in your mind. That's what the Holy Ghost. That sudden mighty wind. My God, it's so strong that it blows away everything that belonged to the first Adam. And you just keep yielding to the Holy Ghost. 
And sanctification, what does it do? It take away all of your sins. Uh, that mighty wind, and it came, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. That means yeah, it, it, it was so strong in that building that anybody that was in there would have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Did you know that God is going to do such a great thing again? God is going to move by his spirit again. God is going to move. He's still moving, but he's going to move in a great way. When you look at the world out there and you think that's all. And oh, the God has lost. And oh, the devil is doing this. And oh, uh, the president or the senator or the governor do this. That's only for a while. That's only for a temporary. And <clears throat> where is Hitler? Where are all those men? They're gone. See, you and I, we are flesh and blood. We're not here forever. We just have a short time. But while we're here, we need to let God work on us. While we're in this life, while, while we have strength, we need to let God work on us. We need to say, Lord, I need you. I need you every hour. When you look at yourself, you say, I'm just clay. I'm dust, Lord. Uh, I'm made of dust. And Lord, I've got faults and I've got a sin in my life. I've got stuff in my life, Lord, that I cannot uh, deal with by myself. But I thank God that I have a Savior that understands. I have a Jesus. I have a loving Savior that knows, oh, there's no one like Jesus. There's not a friend that you can find like Jesus Christ. There's nobody. When you're, when you're down and you're sick in prison or in whatever you, wherever you are, lonely, and have no one to talk to, look up. Because you can talk to Jesus. Have you ever been by yourself? And, and you have nobody, no friend, no one to talk to in the midnight hour. And a voice comes to you. You hear a sound and say, son, I'm there. You hear a sound, say, daughter, I'm there. You hear a sound in your spirit, in your innermost being, telling you that I'm the God that healed you. Have you ever heard that voice? I'm the God that will bless you. Don't worry. I will get you out of the storms. I'll get you out of the fire. I'll get you out of the raging waves of the sea. Uh, have you ever heard that voice? Hey, that convicting voice, that assuring voice. That's the voice of God inside of you telling you that you're not alone, but I will help you. Amen. And then you lift your hand and you praise the Lord. Amen. That sound as a mighty rushing wind. See, you need to hear that sound today. Have you lost the, the hearing where you never hear that sound for a long time? Well, this morning I want to tell you that you can hear that sound again. Hear the sound in your spirit. That mighty rushing wind of God talking to you again. Because he does speak to men. And he is alive. He is alive. And he's talking to you. You don't even need a preacher. You don't need an evangelist. You don't need nobody. But in, in, in your soul communing with God. And, and say, Lord, I love you. You died for me on the cross. You saved me. You set me free. What a wonderful God. What a wonderful Savior you are. Amen. And you begin to love him. Lift your hands and say, Lord, I love you. Have you ever told him you love him? Have you ever just make a, make, a, make a fuss of Jesus? Just love him with all your heart. Amen. And he goes on. He says this, this sound. I like this. Fill the place. Fill the place. The house where, where they were sitting. And verse 3 says. Go on. Said, And there appeared <laughs> unto them. Something is going to come to you. Whenever that wind, whenever God touches, something is going to appear to you. See what happened? What does God do? What does God do? He changes your language. He changes the way you think, the way you speak about Him. Amen. 
A lot of us, we need to have our languages change. Oh, unbelief. I don't think so. But what about that assurance? That I know that I know. See, he changes what? Their tongue. Right? And there appeared unto them, what? A new tongue. Amen. God takes away the whole, but he replaces it with what? A new tongue. What do you think that was? Is God taking away that old talk. What happened to you when you come to Jesus? Uh, you have a new song. You have a new language. Sing unto the Lord a new song. A new song come to you. And there appeared unto them something that they never had. The Holy Ghost brought it. What? What was that? A change of language. You don't talk like you used to talk. But now you talk like the sons of God. You don't sing like you used to sing. But now you sing like how the holy angels sing. Amen. Like the songs of the redeemed. And there appeared unto them. Unlike that. Something came to them individually. Personally. What was it? They cloven tongues. Like as a fire. By a burning uh, appearance in your heart. In your, in your tongue. And that, and that burning uh, cloven uh, uh, a visitation uh, went in their tongue and it sat uh, like this. Okay. What did it do? And it sat. It, here's God finding a resting place. You remember? Hmm? That, that, that dove that Noah sent out that floated around couldn't find nothing because all there was was carcass. Do you understand? The raven didn't return because the raven, the raven was at home. Among the carcass. But the dove returned into the heart. But now here. Uh, I like a sound coming from heaven. That dove. That holy ghost. Find a resting place. Where? In the upper room. And it said that. And there are player unto them. Cloven tongues. Like as a fire. And it sat. <laughs> upon each of them. This morning. If you just open your heart. And let that cloven tongue. Hear the song. Coming from heaven. And let that sound. That dove of the Holy Ghost. Rest upon you. Don't let it float around. Looking for a resting place. But begin to lift your hands up on your heart. And say God my heart. I am a resting place. Oh God I want you. I want to be the temple of the Holy Ghost. I want you to come down. And rest upon my head. I want you to come down today. And rest in my spirit. Amen. And what's going to happen to your tongue? What's going to happen to your body? What's going to, you're going to become a temple of the Holy Ghost. But you have to reach out. Amen. And they sat upon each of them. Everyone had an individual experience. The Holy Ghost. Tongues of fire, verse 4, says, And who, they, they who, before they were empty. Okay? They, 40 days was to empty them. You will not be filled. Remember. You cannot fill. You cannot fill the bucket. Unless you first empty it. And God cannot fill your heart. Unless you empty it. 40 days. They had to empty. But it took God one day. To fill them up. 40 days to empty them. It's not easy to empty a church. 
with ideas and spirits and rebellion and self-exaltation. Once you get a person empty that loves God, it don't take long to fill them. It doesn't take long for God to do the miracle. The problem is emptying the church of spirits. Empty each of us of our ideas and rebellion. And once you get this out, out of your spirit, out of your life, suddenly, empty vessels. How long did it take Jesus with those six, was it, water pots? They were empty. What did he say? Fill them up. But they were empty. Yeah. Now you've got to empty yourself of your own ideas and what I'm going to do and my ways and my stubbornness. I said, all to Jesus, I surrender. I give it all to you. But I am not going to do that. I have my own idea. I don't think the pastor knows what he's doing. I know better. You're not empty. You're full. There's nothing you can do for you until you come to the cross and empty. Like that woman from Samaria, she had to forget her water pots. You've got to forget what you brought to Jesus, your old self. You've got to forget your old containers, what you're filled up with. When she came and Jesus says, this is who you are. And she saw that. She went back to Samaria and said, come see a man. <laughs> Who told me all things. Whatever I done. You don't have to come to Jesus and explain. He already know you. But you got to forget your water pots. You got to forget what you're carrying water in. You've got to forget your vessels. You got to forget those things that are hindering you. And the Bible says she forgot she left her water pots. You know why? Because Jesus promised to fill her up with water that was not in the well. And Jesus Christ this morning wanted to fill us with the Spirit of God that didn't come from the world. It's a different spirit. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Look at that. That's the nature, the language of God. That's who God is. The Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, and begun to speak with other tongues. What, what was it that? They begin to speak now as God's baby, God's children. They began to learn a new language. They began to speak the way that God speak, the way that Jesus speak. They began to speak with a new tongue. They never had it. They never learned it. But the Holy Ghost is a teacher. And the Holy Ghost began to teach them how to speak like God's sons and God's daughter. And that's what the Holy Ghost will do for you. 
You speak the language of heaven. That's what happened when they say of the disciples that they've been with Jesus, but they were ignorant and unlearned men. How come these men were speaking like that? God changed your language. You'll have words. Did you hear Sister Joni this morning uh, talking about the boundaries of the, uh, of the sea? Huh? What was that? That was speaking the language of God. And when you get on your feet, you should speak like God's children, not like you're still in the world. But come out of your tongue. Did you know where he baptized you? What God did, all right, the tongue, James says, is a member that's set on fire. Right? James did say that. So here's what God did. God fights fire with fire. So the tongue is an unruly member. So what God did was baptize you with one fire overcoming the other fire. So when you open your mouth, it's not the burning fire of the first Adam, but it's the fire of the Holy Ghost. And they began to speak with what? Other tongues. Other tongues different from what the world speak. And the spirit, as the spirit, Gave utterance. Now we're to begin to speak what God tell them to speak. Do you know that there's going to be a church like that? When you get on your feet, you only talk what God tells you. are not going to get up and throw off and talk all rubbish and run down. And you're going to speak the word of God. The language of God. What comes out of your mouth will be salvation and not destruction. This is powerful, isn't it? Verse 5 says, and they were dwelling at Jerusalem. No, notice, Jew devote men out of every nation. Notice, nations in heaven. Next verse. Now when this was noise abroad, the multitude came together. They ran together. Never heard it. You, you know that God has a way to gather people. Where what's God doing now? God's working. Where are we heading? Eternity. Nobody's going anywhere. We're going to go. You're not going to go anywhere. See? What are we doing right now? Preparing for eternity. What, what am I listening to right now? I'm hearing a word that will change me. Do I want that word? Do I want that word? It says, Now when this was noise abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded. Because that, notice, notice how God, how easy it is for God to bring a crowd together and save them. You think it's hard? You read Revelation 7. Because that every man heard them speak in his own language. Look what God did. Speak what? The word that God put in their mouth. That's what God's going to do. He said, and, and a little further down, Peter explained it. What Joel said. Joel saw it, said, in the last days. said, God, I'm going to do this. This is what I'm going to do. And I'm, I've been telling you what God's going to do. You see, the problem is, you're watching what 
the president is doing, what the Congress is doing, what the Senate is doing. It's a problem. You get the briefing from the White House. You get a briefing from the Senate. Ain't nothing going to change. But if you get a briefing from the word of God. That's what's going to change you. Did you hear from God? But you heard from the press secretary. Ain't going to change nothing. Then, then another group get in. Ain't going to change nothing. Because there's only one. One that can change the world. First you got to change the hearts of men. Amen. When this was noise abroad. Read. The multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. Next verse. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying, one to another, behold, are not all these, next verse, which speak Galileans, and how hear we every man in our own tongue. All right. What did God do in Genesis? What did God do? He confounded their tongues and scattered them. Now what is God doing in Acts? He's giving them tongues and bringing them back together. And how hear we every man in our own language wherein we were born. Parthians. Notice, look at that. Parthians and Medes and Elamites and the dwellers of Mesopotamia and in Judea, Cappadocia, in Pontius and Asia. Ten. Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt and in the parts of Libya about Cyrene and strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes. You understand? How is God going to do it? It's easy. You beg them to come to church, they don't come. God just uh, put on something, allow something to happen, a fear or something, they all get out there, and then God, the Holy Ghost. It doesn't matter what tongues you are. You don't need interpreter. The Holy Ghost does. Oh my God, don't you see how awesome God is? Verse 11. Cretes, do you see how many? There was about 17 different nations. Cretes and Arabians. We do hear them speak in our tongues. Notice what? The wonderful, read this. The wonderful works of God. Who did that? How long did it take him? When, when the vessels were empty and ready and he filled it up, what happened? And when you get on fire, you get empty and you let the Holy Ghost. How long do you think God can save your relatives? Because they'll see a change in you. Verse 12. And they were all amazed. And were in doubt saying one to another. What mean it this? They didn't understand. So somebody have to. There's got to be a teacher, a minister, a pastor. Somebody to explain. Verse 13. Others mocking said. Look at that. See. Everybody's not going to accept. These men are full of new wine. They put their interpretation. You see a lot of people tell you what's going on without. They don't understand. 
Oh, this is what's going on. This is what, and that's not the way God's doing it. But you don't know the Bible. Verse 13, 14. But Peter's standing, read on. With the eleven, lifted up his voice. You see, there, there comes a teacher now. Here comes a man of God with the right word. Everybody doesn't do it. Everybody wonder this and this, that, that, the confusion. But you look. Look, when God gives you a word, you don't move. Well, he didn't, but you stand and the church stay right there. Because the word of God is coming back. Amen. Don't, where God puts you, don't move. Don't change it. Don't do anything, but just stay in the word. Because there's a boundary for the sea. And Satan can only go so far. And no more. But Peter standing up with the eleven. Lifted up his voice. And said unto them. Ye men of Judea. And all ye that dwell at Jerusalem. Be this known unto you. And hearken to my word. If you notice there. Now, now Peter stand up with the eleven. Not by himself. See, Peter had mature and stood up with the eleven. He didn't stand up alone. <laughs> okay. Verse, uh, is that the verse? Verse uh, 15. For these are not drunken, as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But Verse 16. But this is that which was spoken of. You notice how Peter now he based it on scripture. They move his word. Joel. He can find it. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. 17. And it shall come to pass in the last days. You see that? It's a prophecy. Fulfillment. Peter was now connected. Said the Lord. Or said God. I will pour out of my spirit. Upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters. Shall prophesy. And your young men shall see. Visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants. And on my handmaidens. I will pour out. In those days of my spirit. And they shall prophesy. See, it's the word of God. It's a prophecy. Peter was scripturally based. Verse. And I will show wonders in heaven. Above signs in the earth beneath. Blood, fire, vapors of. Next verse. Vapors of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness. And the moon into blood. Before the great and notable day of the Lord. And you can find all these prophecies also in sections like Isaiah. I think it's chapter 13. That's why I told you to read chapter 13. You'll find parts of Matthew 24 in Isaiah. These are scriptural base. You built your ministry on scripture. You built your life on scripture. You use scripture in your ministry. This, and it shall come to pass. Next, Verse 21. And it shall come to pass that whosoever, notice, no limit, that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Ye men of Israel, 
hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth. Then he goes into now. Then he goes into the resurrection. The death, burial, resurrection. That uh, I'm not going to cover all of that. Email later. Amen of Israel. Hear these words. Give me a few verses more. Jesus of Nazareth. A man approved. Notice. Of God. Among you by miracles. Wonders and signs. Which God did by him. In the midst of you. As he yourselves also know. In being delivered. By the determinate. Notice. It was. It was. In the plan of God. In being delivered by the determinate counsel. And for knowledge of God. You have taken. By wicked hands. And have crucified him. Somebody said oh. Oh Satan killed Jesus. No he did not. Satan didn't kill Jesus. He couldn't kill Jesus. No one taketh my life from me. Have you read that scripture? But I lay it down. Huh? Jesus died willingly. Huh? Satan didn't. Satan tried to. Remember he was asleep in the boat. Tried to drown him. And tried to. Uh, they tried to throw him over a, a hill. But he escaped. It wasn't time yet. See but when the time came. He laid down his life. So don't get in your heart. Oh Satan killed Jesus. And Jesus didn't want to die. No. He came for that purpose. No one. Took the life of Jesus. He, he laid it down willingly. Yes he used human hands. But no, notice what he said. Him being delivered. Read it. By the determinate counsel. And the foreknowledge of God. He was as a lamb slain. Before the foundation of the world. He had taken. Why, why did they take him? Because it was decreed by God. From eternity. So now you have fulfilled it. You have taken and by wicked hands. Have crucified and slain. Verse 24. But notice here. This is where you need to shout. Come on. This is where you know. This is where you need to get excited. Because of what, notice what they did. Because God allowed it. And he allowed it for your salvation. So you could have the Holy Ghost come. And change us into new creatures. Listen to me in closing. Let's read. Whom God. Had raised up. What did he do? What did he do? What did he do? See. He was, death could not hold him. Death tied him up. For three days and three nights. But here came God by the power of the Holy Ghost and loose it. All the bands, he loose it. And what did he do? Having loose, my God, the pains of death. That's what he done for you. That's why Paul could say, oh death, where is your sting? Oh grave, raise of victory. The sting of death is sin, but and the sin, uh, strength of sin is the law, but thanks be unto God who giveth us the victory. Because it was, notice, read, it was not what? Possible. Are you not listening to that? It was impossible, in other words. It was not possible for death to hold him, it was not possible for the grave to keep him. 
It was not possible. It's impossible. And because he lived, we shall live also. Are you with me? Are you with me now? My God, you ought to give the Lord a praise and say, I thank God for Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Amen. Amen.